This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Victory able to stars last night. Tyler Foley picks it up at center, skates it up the left wing side, glides slowly to the net. To Foley shoots and Gustafson pinches his pads together. No, it goes in. It went in. The Flames have won. Tyler Toffoli finds the five hole of Philip Gustafson, and for a second straight night. He is the hero. The Flames defeat the Wild one to nothing in the shootout and moved to within four points of a Stanley Cup playoff spot. Holy smokes. Damn, boy. Again, Tyler Toffoli plays hero for the Calgary Flames. And while it's just two games, as you heard from Derek there, the Flames do find themselves four points behind the Winnipeg Jets. And their slim but still existent playoff hopes remain after a one nothing win in the shootout against the Minnesota Wild last night. Welcome to the program. Another edition of Sportsnet today coming your way from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Downtown Studios here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I'm Logan Gordon. My technical producers, Cam and Taylor, on this Wednesday afternoon. Lots to get to on the show. We'll be joined by Peter Labardius, the color voice of the Calgary Flames, in just moments. We'll also head back to Minneapolis and hear from a couple members of the Calgary Flames, including Jacob Markstrom. And Daryl Sutter after a big win last night. And we'll check in on some NFL storylines in hour two with our pal Andy McNamara. But let's kick things off like we always do by heading down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline and saying hello to the color voice of the Calgary Flames. He is Pete Labardius, and he is brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Make sure and give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group is now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit them at the Gemini Group. Dot .ca. Good afternoon, Lou. How are you, pal? I am fine. More importantly, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for uh, for asking. And uh, what a night last night in Minnesota. Uh, a one nothing game, but uh, there's some drama in overtime. Uh, an offside call that keeps the Flames alive. And uh, Jacob Markstrom with one of his signature performances of the season. Lou, how did you see this one last night for the Flames? Well, the signature performance, for sure, by Jacob Markstrom and has absolutely been building his game over the last four or five outings to Jacob Markstrom's best at a time when his team has never needed him more. And no matter how this season finishes up, whether it's in or out, I always judge people, by and large, how do you handle adversity and how do you perform when it's the most difficult? And he has absolutely gone through a tough year. He just had a child. We never really know what people are feeling going into those situations, coming out of those situations. 
um, how our partners are doing. So life changes matter. And it's, I guarantee you, been a very, very difficult time for him and a very emotional time for an emotional, caring, invested person. So my biggest takeaway is I've been a big fan of his for a long time. Um, it's never stopped. It never will stop. And so I always like it when the people that I admire and respect very much perform at a high level. And he performed at as high a level as you can really in the sport. And his team needed him to do that. And he delivered a first, second, and third star performance. What was the difference in this game last night, Lou, compared to when Minnesota came into Calgary and won 3 nothing on Saturday? Only one, really, Logan. That they just played harder and with more passion and more compete. And I guess, two, the first thing that we talked about. They didn't. They had a really good goaltending performance from Jacob on Saturday. They had an exceptional goaltending performance from him. The compete was way higher uh you know they still had a very difficult time generating if anything that was different i think minnesota was two or three times better than they were in a sleepy game but effective for them on saturday in calgary so they upped the ante for me even more by a considerable margin than what occurred in front of my own eyes on saturday night I thought the Flames. Uh, I thought the penalty kill was huge last night, Lou. But uh, the main, you know, defensive aspect from last night, and even going back to Saturday, I liked how they handled it. Uh, they were well aware of where uh, number ninety-seven was on the ice at all times, and I thought did a pretty tremendous job uh, in two matchups in these last three games, uh, keeping him under control. Yeah, the best that you can, and he was very dangerous last night. He was dangerous on Saturday. Um, to shut him out, talking about Kirill Kaprizov in back-to-back situations is a testament to their checking. It's also, especially last night, a testament again to the great work done by their goaltender who was as responsible for a terrific penalty-killing night and shutting him and his line mates down as much as anyone else. So power plays, penalty kills, goaltending... Logan, one thing I won't stop referring to until it gets there is I'm not going to use the P word a lot, but I am going to use game seven mentality every night a lot because that's where this group is. And, um, you know, you've got another challenge in front of you and a different, unique challenge coming up on Friday. Does this feel any different, Lou, than, than times where they've strung a couple together this season? Because I know we've talked so much about waiting for this group to come together and have that run that we've talked about all season long. I know it's just two games in here. Um, does it feel any different, or do you still want to wait and see a bit and maybe specifically see Friday because it's such a good example of where this team has kind of faltered against, let's be honest, lesser opponents? No, it doesn't feel different. However, it is a step forward. Let's not forget, for anybody that has, last night was the first time since January 23rd that this team has recorded four points in two games. 
in two consecutive games. So that is a step forward. It's, I think, more of a building block because of how Jacob played and because on back-to-back nights in a season, Logan, where belief and confidence of things having an opportunity to go your way, well, things really came together. And no better example than a goal with six seconds left to win one game and guys getting unchanged thinking another game is over and uh, a replay and a, you know, a one situation in the, you know, in the big room in Toronto gives you a chance to go forward and win in a shootout. So I don't know how that's not a little bit different because of how it occurred in a year where this team has had a lot of nights where they played a heck of a lot better than they did last night and had nothing or nowhere near as many points to show for it. Take us through that last night uh, on the broadcast with uh, you and Pat and Derek. I'm sure it was uh, one of the more unique situations as that goal gets overturned in overtime because, hey, I I think half the Flames bench had already headed down the tunnel. All of Minnesota's players were out on the ice. What was going through your guys' minds last night? Were you just operating as if the game was done? Well, you can only operate with what you can operate with. Um, I thought it was done. The first look we had at the bench where Daryl was looking down with a few other people at the monitor – seemed to be an indication even from him that there wasn't necessarily a lot of hope and on the first couple of angles that I watched it it certainly looked like you know the play was in control on entry so you can be ahead of it as long as you're in control fully but the little touch where the puck was tapped and not quite controlled as the line was being crossed is what made the difference. So you do the best that you can (laughs) in those situations. And then, you know, you're as surprised and as interested and, and react, at least I do uh, accordingly to what's in front of you. I always try my best Logan to be as authentic as I, as I can. And I can share this with our listeners. I love games like last night and I know it was zero zero and I know, um, but there is nothing I like more in sports than hard fought competitive games where every shift, you know, every play, every misplay, every big save matters. So even as I watched it, I felt like I was going to crawl right out of my skin um, because that kind of game will do that. And, and I just, I enjoyed it so much and would have left, you know, the studio last night, which I usually get to, you know, within moments of the game ends because, You know, my job is to not, you know, be invested even though I am. And I want this team to do very well. And they're certainly my favorite group in the NHL. 
but I still have work to do. And I have to remind myself on the most emotional nights and important nights that you have to take a breath sometimes because I can't analyze out of a place of just pure and utter if they win or if they don't. So now two days off for this group, Lou. They're back in action for a quick homestand uh, Friday and Sunday. The Anaheim Ducks come to town. Uh, they are right in the midst of the Connor Bedard sweepstakes at the bottom of the NHL standings. And then, you know, what a game Sunday could be between two Canadian teams battling for playoff positioning in their respective conferences. I'm curious how you look at Friday. I know we'll get more into it as the week goes on, but we've talked so much this year, Lou, about I don't even know if it's playing down to your opponent or what phrasing you want to use, beating teams that you need to beat, that sort of thing. But those will come up, and those will be a lot of discussion points heading into Friday's game against the Ducks. It will, for sure. And as you just mentioned, there's lots of time to you know go down that road um, and will be really important coming off those two very hard-fought emotional nights, I think, for this team today in particular, to have a day off. What I'm, what I'm more interested in than the Anaheim Ducks because, you know, I, I'm trying to, to do this the best that I can, is I'm, I'm not interested very much in their, their opponents right now, but I really am interested in having different options after the deadline. I'm interested in how personnel might be used on a game-by-game basis, and I evaluate that very much through the eyes of, you know, a Game 7 mentality because I'm not going to build my lineup necessarily exactly the same way depending on the opponent because opponents are different and require different things. Um, Here's a perfect example. Logan coming out of last night. You know, we have seen Dylan Dubé... Add more center to add more speed down the middle in a role with a few less minutes. And Nick Ritchie have a couple of games where Daryl has put him in a position to a try to find out if there's a fit, who he fits with, and what the role is going to be. So I am I am more intrigued, you know, as as practice unfolds and as Friday unfolds into utilization and the actual matchup against the respective team that you're playing from a very flame centric way of looking at it. And I do, I think it, I think it changes. And I think, um, you know, if you have ever coached at any level and you enjoy it and you take a lot of pride in it. And more importantly for me, I just, I'm lucky because I've lived a whole life around good coaches and great coaches and excellent communicators and guys who are hard and demanding and other guys who have a different approach. So, you know, that's been, that's been one of the things for me that I absolutely thoroughly enjoy about what I do is the opportunity to, you know, to think about now what, what Daryl might be planning next and I don't get them all right. That's for sure. Um, but I sure try to learn and I sure when different, you know, personnel decisions are made, 
really try to think about, you know, what a coach or a GM might be thinking in terms of the situation that the team is in. So that for me, Logan, is, is, is the most interesting thing as we continue to go down the stretch with, you know, newcomers, Richie, you still have Walker Dewar, um, you know, Dylan Dubé, what is that role for a guy who's had a career season continue to look like? Um, that's, that's the fascinating thing. And I like these games. I, I know, I know there's people out there and I get it. Um, I think most people know that I have quite a love and appreciation for the process and the players on their way to the NHL, probably in some ways a greater fascination with that than the actual players in the league themselves. So it's not like I am unable to understand that, you know, with every win, could you change your draft position? Um, You know, the people who are in tank mode, but then I ask this question. I, I listen and, and I hear, you know, a decent section of the fans. I know that a lot of what goes on at our radio station has a heavy influence from the text line. Um, I'm not really convinced, Logan. I don't know what you think. As much as people say that they'd be okay with, you know, three or four years of not very good to get great, I'm not sure that's true. And the other part of it is with with money and age and salary on your current team, I'm not sure you can do that. So how do you work with what you have, continue to learn about those people, which to me the off season is going to say a lot, and I truly believe this because I'm seeing it already from certain individuals. Mm-hmm doesn't mean that you're going to have a repeat from those people next season. In fact, there's a lot of people on this team that I've been frustrated with too. But I still believe. Because I understand, I think, that even people with excellent skill sets, when their mind isn't in the right place or they don't believe or they've lost confidence, in what they do cannot be at their best. And I have a lot of empathy for that. And frankly, I have a lot of empathy for that based on my own career and caring about people and trying to learn about people and, and, and why they do well and why they don't and why they struggle and why they're great when they're great and why it's in between. Those are the things I think about every hour of every day. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot to that, and there's going to be a lot more to this story as we uh, continue on the Flames season. Friday game day at home against the uh, Anaheim Ducks back at the Scotia Bank Saddledome for a quick uh, two game homestand. And uh, before I let you go, Lou, on this Wednesday uh, International Women's Day today, and I'm curious. Uh, from a sports perspective, that's what we do here on you know Sports Talk Radio. When you think of uh, the influential women in sport, who does Peter Labardius think about? 
Well, the first people I think about goes back to my childhood when I was involved with the Saskatoon Harmony Center ladies softball team, fast pitch softball team, um, who I got involved with through their head coach, Bob Stainer, who was really a father figure to me. But um, I learned everything I needed to know in that four or five year span about women athletically, their commitment, their compete, their drive, their love for what they do, their love for one another. Um, those women have made such an incredible impact on me in the sports world and the way I think about women and women in sport that I have really tried to dedicate a large part of my life. And I'm going to continue to Logan even more in helping and trying to be an advocate to grow women's sports because I really at 12 and 13 years old didn't know very much about women's sports and wasn't exposed to it very much outside of, you know, my first memory really when I was invested in anything that women played would have been the 1976 Olympics in Montreal. But working with that softball team and those women have had such an impact on how I look at team, how I look at leadership, how I look at caring about other people, how to be a good teammate. I could never thank those women. And every time I run into any of them, I tell them that they, and they were so good to this 12, 13, 14 and 15 year old that uh, was passionate and nuts and loved sports and loved being involved. Um, yeah, it uh, today is really important to me because not only just the women in sports and, you know, and I and Logan, as you know, I don't just, you know, I'm not trying to this is about them. Mm-hmm. They they deserve the love. They deserve the games that I call or attend or fly to or whatever it is. And that's always been the case ever since. And it's never going to stop. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I'm so pleased starting with that group that I referenced that I think more and more people are jumping on that wagon and understanding um, what women do and what they bring to the table. And then, you know, personally, um, you know, starting with my current wife and partner, um, Nancy, she is, I now look at women and I think I've always had great respect for women and women have always made a big impact in my life. Um, you'd never know it sometimes by my marriage record. Um, but, um, she has, she has shown me and helped me understand things about women and what they deal with and deal in that have just made me better. And I will be always thankful and grateful to her and those other women in my life that have really helped me learn more about them and what they struggle with and deal with that I really have no idea about. Uh, Really well put, sir. Thank you for that. Uh, And thank you for your time. As always, Paul, we'll chat with you again tomorrow, hey? 
Thanks for leading me down that path, Logan. Really appreciate it. Have a great afternoon. Take care. Pete Lombardius, the color voice of the Calgary Flames here on Sportsnet 960. He joins us every single day to kick off the program. And he's brought to you by our good friends at the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. Now offering air miles, reward miles. You can visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. We'll talk more Calgary Flames here from Jacob Markstrom and Daryl Sutter postgame next. You're on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Now the Wild have a two-on-one. Hartman winds and fires at a stop. Rebound, they score. Play is being reviewed to see if it was offside prior to the scoring of the ball. Okay, hold on. After video review, it was determined the play was offside. Oh, what? There's no goal what? play. Please set the game clock to one I don't know. Whoever had the Flames voodoo doll and a box full of pins has clearly run out of pins. Yeah, I don't even know what you say about that. Play was clearly offside. I think the league makes the right call. Saves the Flames from another overtime loss. Take it to a shootout where everybody's favorite hero wearing 73 continues to shine. And all of a sudden, there's a lot less talk about Team Tank today than there was heading in to this two-game road trip. Welcome back to Sportsnet today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. We're hanging out at the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And we'll hear from Jacob Markstrom and Daryl Sutter coming up in just moments post-game following the win in Minnesota yesterday. But I'm curious where Flames fans are at after two hard-fought wins on the road against Dallas and Minnesota. The math today for the Calgary Flames, as of right now, they are four points back of the Winnipeg Jets, who are 2-6-2 in their last 10. Winnipeg currently with a game in hand on Calgary. And you just so happen to look at the scoreboard tonight in the NHL. Oh, Wild and Jets. 5.30 puck drop across the Sportsnet television network. So perhaps the Minnesota Wild can do the Calgary Flames a big favor and help the, you know, or stop the Winnipeg Jets from picking up two points tonight and putting the flames in a, in an interesting position. And I'm curious, nine, six, zero, nine, six, zero. The fan feedback line is open to you. And I I understand why the conversation shifted where it did after the game on Saturday, because if you're a fan or you're an observer of a team and you see what you saw Saturday, at the Scotiabank saddled them and you see a team that looked like it had quit on the rest of the season it's very natural for you to follow that progression. And I don't blame anybody that, that watched that game and said, look, I'm, I've had enough. I've seen enough. There's less than 20 games left this season. If a Saturday night against Minnesota with points on the board that you absolutely need, if that's going to be the kind of response you give me, then yeah, I'm going to start to look towards the offseason. I'm going to start to look towards what might be best for this team. 
Now, do I think that tanking and getting in the Carter Bedard situation was ever realistic for this team? No. But they are, you know, whether we like it or not, right back in the picture when it comes to a playoff spot. Has the belief level changed after these two games? It's changed a bit for me because Dallas and Minnesota are two good opponents. It's changed for me a bit because of how the goaltenders played over the last little while. It's a lot easier to see this Flames team making a push for a playoff. So I'm not saying necessarily get in, but at least push for that spot if they're going to have a chance against some of the better teams. If Jacob Markstrom is going to look more like the Jacob Markstrom we're used to seeing, the path is a lot easier. But I I also don't blame you if you sit here and you go, look, we've seen this story before. Unless this thing gets to four or five games in a row, I'm I'm not going to be a believer. So that's where you can come down on the text line, 960-960, and I'll ask my uh, outstanding production crew in the building. We'll start with the man who never goes home, uh, Alex Brody. Brody on the beats with us this afternoon. What's up, Rhodes? Yo, yo, doing well. Uh, you're as uh, you're as dialed in as anybody with this crew doing the day to day here at Sports Radio. You would have heard the lows on the text line and the calls for Connor Bedard after <laughs> Saturday's game. Now two big wins for the Calgary Flames. I mentioned the math against Winnipeg there. How do you feel about this team after I, these two games? I I don't want to like jump on the wagon like we're going to make the playoffs now and everything's okay because like I still think and I I don't know maybe you would agree that the Flames did get outplayed last night. Um Markstrom for the first time this season stole a game for the Flames which was huge huge but there's I don't want to let that sort of that stat line over overlook any of the issues that were still present last night. There were some giveaways, some turnovers, but with that being said, it's a favorable schedule. And I think this is the perfect time for the Flames to get on a run. So I'm feeling pretty, I don't want to say confident, but I'm feeling positive uh, around this group. And I still think that there's a chance for the playoffs for sure. To your point about last night, yeah, I didn't think that Calgary was was hands down the better team. I, I think they were in tough to be that because Minnesota hadn't played since Saturday. Right. Uh, Calgary was coming off of a long travel day between Dallas and Minnesota. So it was always going to be an uphill battle, but you're right. And that's one of those reasons why I'm feeling more optimistic. Am, am I with you? Am I 100% on the, Hey, let's get, get your playoff ticket deposits into the Calgary flames and uh, get ready for round one. Let's start looking at opponents. No, I'm nowhere near that yet. But I can certainly see a path if some of these trends continue for the team. And number one, being goaltending. That's that's the biggest one for me. What about you, Taylor? More positive, less positive? I feel like I'm just kind of on a straight line here of not being overly positive, but also not being too negative about them. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I can understand that. Right, Cam? Positive, negative, where are you? It, it's nice to be talking about something nice for this team again. Personally, I'm just kind of reveling in that <laughs> monumental change. Um, I think 
the play that Tyler Toffoli has had these last two games has, I think, elevated him to probably, I think he's being the best player on the team. I don't know what you guys think, but I think he's he's ready to be in that conversation. Well, he's certainly been the most clutch player for them, and if we're being honest, I don't know that you'd want anybody other than Tyler Toffoli to get that breakaway against Dallas with six seconds left. I mean, given the season that he's had, being that consistent threat for them all season long, and then it just, you know, it works out well enough that he's in a position to win it for the team in the shootout last night. That works out well. Yeah, there are some definite positive factors for this group. But that being said, and before we we hear from Jacob Markstrom and Daryl Sutter and get some of your texts, for me, it's as easy as losing on Friday to Anaheim that the all of the good momentum that you've built up can can quickly fade away for this team. There's been too many times this season where this team has waltzed into a game against a lesser opponent and not shown that desperation, not shown that they were the better team, and you absolutely 100% cannot do that on Friday. It's a it's a huge opportunity for them. The schedule, like Alex has pointed out, it's it's an interesting one for this team because Ottawa, they're not a playoff team, but they're fighting for it. You've got Arizona next week. You'll see Anaheim against the uh, Anaheim against again this month. You've got two against Vegas. You've got two against LA. There's some room here for the Calgary Flames to do something. But whether you're bought into this is the turning point for this group or not, we'll see. Uh, we'll get to your text in just a moment here. But first, I uh, want to head back to Minneapolis from last night. Uh, Jacob Markstrom, your first star of the game, his first shutout of the season, and boy, did the Flames need it. He was outstanding last night. He spoke to the media following the one nothing shootout win against the Minnesota Wild. Maybe just start with uh, tonight and kind of that uh, the finish. Obviously, a little range of emotion. How did you uh, how did you see kind of you know that that end of uh, what we thought was overtime and then to have a second leg? Yeah, uh, I mean it's obviously you know when you saw the puck go go in, it's obviously frustrating. And then uh, um, there's obviously a few guys stayed on the bench, so you know instead of uh, you know being mad and, and losing it, it was kind of just figure I stay on the bench till till it's confirmed. And you know we got the it's nice that they review all the goals and you know offside and then huge to Nas huge shoot a goal and and then you know Toff come up clutch again to win it. As you're standing there, I don't know those are so difficult to project. But are you? What was your level of confidence that you might get a second chance at? Uh, uh I didn't really think anything of it. I just, I just waited and then we'll see. I didn't, I didn't want to get my hopes up and didn't want to get, you know, get upset and lose my head. I just trying to stay focused. Take me through your night and just uh, how you felt back there. Obviously, uh, this is the shutout, 41 saves, season high. But just what did you feel back there tonight? Uh, good. I thought, you know, our guys did a great job of, you know, making sure that I, that I saw most of the pucks and, you know, a lot of a lot of shot blocks. Our penalty kill was uh, was huge again and, and played a big role, especially in the in the second period too, and early in the third too when they, you know, had the, had the four on three there. So that's a huge kill for our team. And, you know, it's a... Uh, Back to the second game of a back-to-back, and it's uh, you know we need to string games together, and you know nice to get a, get one of these. 
Can you describe how big these two are? Uh, I know we know there's a few more that are needed, but it's got to start somewhere, and these seem like two big ones. I mean, yeah, it starts yesterday with the win, and then, uh, you know, Toffoli with uh, six seconds left was, you know, that was huge after we let him in the game again. And and then today, it's, uh, you know, we we got we got to win games in a row, and we haven't done that much this year. So, you know, now it's just, you know, refocus, uh, relax when we get home tonight, and then... Uh, refocus for the next game. You mentioned the second half of the back-to-back. It's obviously hard to do that, especially on the road, but you guys were dialed in from the get-go. Was that just kind of some of the energy enthusiasm from the big victory last night, or what do you think that uh, I mean, that and also that they, you know, we, we had a rough one against them, uh, you know, not too long ago uh, in our building where they, you know, beat us 3 nothing, and, you know, we, we played a really flat and bad game, uh, you know, every single one of us. So uh, I felt like everybody wanted uh, a little rematch and, you know, Today we, we battled, it wasn't pretty, but you know, we got the win. I think it's four, four straight starts for you, but just what kind of groove are you getting into right now? I mean, it, uh, you know, from the outside looking at it, it seems like you're uh, really dialed in right now. Yeah, feeling good. You know, practicing good, feeling good, sleeping good. So, you know, everything is good, and especially when we win. Everything is good. Sleeping good, playing good, practice good, winning good. Jacob Markstrom, 40 saves last night for his first shutout of the season. He was your first star in a Flames. one nothing shootout victory over the Minnesota Wild. Some of your texts at 960-960. Have you gained belief after a two-game winning streak for the Calgary Flames? Do you still need to see more? Where are you after wins against Dallas? And the Minnesota Wild, some of your texts at 960-960. James texts in, says, Logo, I don't know if they'll be able to fully make it back into a playoff spot, but I'm definitely not Team Tank. I guess I'm Team, just show me hard work and effort and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, you can't have, I don't care what side of the argument you're on. I don't want to see, and I don't think fans want to see, even if you are Team Tank, I don't think you want to see games like Saturday against Minnesota. That's just that's just not good enough from this group. That's not good enough from, you know, professionals who are paid to be at their best. Uh, this text says, Logan, I'm still there. This team isn't good enough to go far, even if they make the playoffs. Should have sold a player or two and got ahead on their 2024 UFAs. Uh, this text says, forget Winnipeg. Nashville is the problem with all those games in hand. Yeah. <clears throat> I have a hard time throwing Nashville in all of this because I'm pretty sure they threw in the towel already, or at least we thought they did. Trading away Ekholm and Niederreiter. Like I, I really can't see Nashville factoring into this, but to that texture's point, yes, they are just two points behind Calgary, and they do have the four games in hand. Uh, this text says... Uh, I'm in purgatory, so damn confused between Team Tank and thinking this team can make it. I feel like we're going to finish ninth and pick in the middle of the pack. Uh, Rob and Coldale says, come on, people. This team's finally giving us something to cheer for. Let's be excited for it. Let's embrace the universe, get behind this team, see what kind of push they can make, win or lose, make the best out of the last 20 games. Yeah, and I think a lot of people would like to see that. That it's it's from my perspective, I'd much rather be talking about this than, you know, how a a two point outcome affects where they may or may not draft if it was thirteenth or fourteenth. But again, I understand if you're on both sides of this. 
Uh, this text says here at 960-960, we've absolutely seen this story before, not just this season. This is vintage flames. Whether they go on a bit of a run and just miss out on a playoff spot or make it and bow out in round one or two, how does that make us better in the long run as opposed to getting the highest draft pick possible? Yes, we're very much in the Bedard conversation as we're only one spot out of the bottom 10 going into Monday's game versus the Stars. I believe we have several great pieces for a championship team, and it's not happening this year. I also have no doubt now, based on Flames history, they will make this interesting down the stretch and end up once again in the mushy middle. Here's what I would say to that. And if you're looking for value in a push going forward for this team, is and Lou kind of mentioned this in our in our first conversation today was I don't think team tank or team rebuild whatever you want to call it, whatever hashtag you want to use on it I don't think it's realistic and I don't think it's in this team's plans for a couple of reasons mainly that you've just signed three guys that are part of your core to long-term extensions this past summer even if you wanted to go down that direction in the off season, all of a sudden you're selling very low on guys like Huberto and Kadri and not getting maximum value in return. I think if you want to look for a positive on this group heading forward into next year, it's knowing that, Hey, I think a lot of these pieces are coming back next year. And if they can have a good push towards the end of the year, maybe make it into the first or second round of the playoffs they can build upon that heading into the next season because I think a lot of these pieces are still going to be here. Whether you like that or you don't, I think that's the reality of this group. And now why would that be important? Well, look at what look at what happened here for so many years. Kachuk and Gaudreau and Lindholm, that group had to build it up before they, they reached any level of success. Now, it turns out the greatest level of success that they were able to get to was five games in the second round against the Edmonton Oilers. Not good enough. But they still had to build there, and that's why I think it's important because, look, I've been here. I've been with Flames fans. I've rode the roller coaster. You can't take for granted back-to-back years in the playoffs, even if it doesn't mean a Stanley Cup appearance or a Western Conference appearance because too often than not in Calgary, it's been one year in, one year out, and you know, in that span, there's been massive changes, and you don't really get to build with a group in the postseason year after year. So maybe this is a chance for this group, who I think, again, is going to be together for the foreseeable future, to have one of those building blocks in place. Even if it was a difficult time to get here, maybe this can be what they need to, to springboard them into a good year next year and maybe an easier path to a postseason victory. I don't know that any of that's true, but that's just that's just if you're trying to spin it in a positive direction as to why winning games down the stretch might mean something, that's one way to look at it. Uh, a couple more texts at 960-960. This says, lost in all the talk about the win last night is the fact they haven't scored a goal against the Wild in two full regulation games. That's an interesting one to look at from a wider perspective because Minnesota's done that to everybody in the last 10 games. That's not strictly a Flames thing. That's just been a Minnesota thing of late. 
I think in the, I want to say the seven, no, eight games going into the Calgary game last night, Minnesota let in like seven goals total. They are a defensive juggernaut right now. Does that position them well in the postseason? I don't know. But I don't know that that's necessarily just a Flames thing. Minnesota's kind of been doing that to everybody right now. Uh, this one says, difference I feel right now is Marky's playing a lot better. That gives me confidence as a fan. This one says, give me five in a row, then I'll get excited. This text says, hey, Logan, after the past two games, I'm more torn than ever. It's great to celebrate wins, but I'm wondering if they dig themselves a hole that will be too hard to get out of. It would be crushing to miss the playoffs by one point and then picking in the middle in such a deep draft year. Again, if you want, and I don't, I don't disagree with anything that text says, but if there ever was a year to pick in the middle, you kind of think this would be the year. Again, all of that's for naught if you miss out on the pick and who knows what happens where you draft and who you draft. There's a lot that goes into that, but maybe with a deeper draft, you are okay making a push for a playoff spot because it still means you're going to get a pretty good prospect, even if it's halfway down the draft board. Uh, Tyler and Bo Ness says, good afternoon, Logo. First of all, love the show, bud. Not uh, Now that Markstrom's baby is here, healthy and happy, and apparently sleeping well at night, we're seeing Papa Markstrom, uh, who's going to bring a cup home for baby. Yeah, uh, look, that's... Uh, you know, one of those things that gives you a pretty quick reminder that, that life gets in the way sometimes and we don't always know what's going on uh, at home for these guys. And I'm not saying that um, baby is the main reason that Jacob's playing better, but those things obviously would worry you. If you have a partner at home that's dealing with pregnancy and you have to go on the road for five games or whatever, that can be a lot of stress on guys. And uh, I'm happy that baby's here for Markstrom. Uh, and then they're ha- they're happy and healthy, as Tyler says. That's a huge thing for him, and uh, maybe it is a little bit of added motivation for uh, for Jacob Markstrom. So that's uh, that's good to see. Uh, a couple more before we get out of here, because uh, the text line is uh, all over. You guys are killing it right now at nine six zero nine six zero. This one says, uh, first and foremost, I want to see a big thank you to the Flames for sticking with it. As a longtime fan, the ups and downs are inevitable. But from a fan's view, we can truly only see so much and know what we are privy to from the team itself as to what each player and all players are actually going through. Every individual deals with life differently. Being in a high-profile environment like they are can't be easy. New dads, sleepless nights, high anxiety, whatever it is. As fans, we don't actually know. Example, Oliver Shillington. So many games and being so close is heartbreaking, but we're close. Someone has to be positive and root the team on. I'm hopeful they can make a run, get into the playoffs, and make some noise. But if they don't, I'll be rooting for them next year. Uh, <laughs> this text says, I love it. Right down the middle on this one. I plan on being non-committal, riding the fence, right down the middle, only focusing on the good and the bad. Sounds like uh, me with relationships. Uh, not fans, but... Oh, my God. That's probably too personal, but it's true. Yeah. Why commit one way or the other? You just get hurt. Do you need to talk about No, this? no, no. We don't need to talk about it. I'm just... Do you need some therapy? As soon as I read that text, I'm like, well, that's, that's just how I handle relationships. And then I'm like, that's really bad. Explains the lack of success in relationships, I guess. 
It's brutal out here. Mm. Uh, try to get away from that as fast as I can. <laughs> Just change the show name to self-reflection with logo. No, thank you. How about that Kadri goal, hey? Yeah, how Yeesh. about that? Tyler Toffoli. Nope, he's not on it. Tyler Foley! Uh, no, we're not we're not talking about uh, anything personal here. That's as personal as it gets on this program. Uh, <clears throat> there's a couple here. Uh, any word on Ryan Hartman? I haven't heard anything yet on that. Um, what was the guy? Th- I have no idea what the guy was thinking. Um, it was a bit of a, a really weird play. Um, I don't love the two-hand slash, obviously. I'm wondering what the... Uh, the NHL might have to say about that, but yeah, I haven't heard anything uh, as of right now. Uh, a couple more here before we get out. Um, uh, Jennifer texted saying, you know, if there was more Adam Razichka, uh, it couldn't be a bad thing. I'm just saying, eh, maybe, maybe we see something here. Um, this text says, hey, David Pasternak was selected 25th overall. That shows you great players throughout the first round. Yeah, it's true. You don't always have to pick first overall. What was Pavel Datsuk? I think it was Zetterberg or Datsuk that was like, I don't even know, 200 and something. They don't even draft that deep anymore. Now, that's, of course, incredibly. Datsuk 171. Yeah, like sixth round, 26 overall. I'm not saying that's going to happen every year, but it's proof you don't have to pick number one overall, and you can pick up a pretty good player. Maybe being in the middle of it isn't so bad. And that's kind of where we are <laughs> with all of this right now. You just got to find the hidden gems. Of- yeah, you got to find it. You got to be uh, you got to be glass half full guy sometimes. And they've won two in a row. We haven't had a lot of this this year. As Cam said, it's nice to focus on the positive for a bit. And that's what we finally got to do. Um, can it all come crashing down after Friday's game? Yeah, absolutely. We could come in here next Monday and it could be depressing as hell. A lot like my relationships. But we don't know until we get there. <laughs> Keep it locked for, uh, for more Flames Talk coming up next. Uh, hour two around the corner. We'll chat some NFL offseason storylines. Uh, the quarterback carousel. Uh, Will another Packers legend wind up with the New York Jets? Uh, What exactly is happening with Lamar Jackson and his contract status with the Baltimore Ravens? And uh, we'll find out some of our favorite all-time female athletes on this International Women's Day. We'll talk about that and more next. This is Sportsnet Today here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.